Welcome to Open Up Dad, a show where we talk honestly and openly about the highs and lows of parenting. From a new parent who's still figuring it out, we are part of the Open Up Healing Channel where we believe in the importance of opening up. And today, I'm very excited, I guess, is Clark Shaw. Clark and I have known each other for 10 years, and he's always just been a person that's really full of light and his parenting journey I find really interesting because it is incredibly unique it's also really unique to this show and I'm really excited to talk to him about it Clark welcome to open up dad man we did it we finally got together (laughs) yeah thanks for having me so I obviously know you very well we've been kind of all over the country together for work actually which is pretty funny But for those that don't know you, can you give us an introduction to who you are, what you do, et cetera? Um, Yeah, so my name is Clark Shao. I am a photographer. I work with my partner, Jessica Hay, and we shoot portraits, lifestyle-based imagery for advertising and editorial. And um, that's how I became a dad. Um, and, but actually, you know, but I'm a stepdad. Um, I met our daughter when she was, man, when she was maybe four years old. Right. And, um, yeah, it's been a great, fulfilling and kind of a wild journey. Right. So Um, that's kind of my first question. So you met your daughter when she was four. How old were you? at that time? I was 22. Okay, so this is what I find fascinating. So you're Mm -hmm. this 22 year old guy, I'm assuming you just left art school because you went to art school, right? I did. But I actually that I had gone to college beforehand. So I'd gone to college, I graduated the whole thing. And um, I graduated in the in the fall of or in the summer of, of 2001. Okay. And then 9-11 happened. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah. So then, I, you know, I, luckily I had a job then that, that fall. Uh, but as the, as the year kind of progressed, the company that I was at, it was an animation studio, they ended up laying off a third of the company. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> so I ended up, you know, I was at a point where it's like, it's, it sounds like it felt like it was hard to get another job or mm. find a job that, you know, was a, that I was really into. And so I was fortunate enough that I had the opportunity to go back to school. And I went to Art Center in Pasadena. And um, so, I, yeah, I was 22. Uh, it was kind of a great experience, like a great time to figure out sort of what it really opened up my perspective to a lot more than because I went to a standard you know big university the first time right. and I had not taken advantage of it I had you know, yeah I had really wasted my time in college because uh, I thought I was just going to graduate and then move out of the country and go work somewhere right. you know doing something else and so I never really took it that seriously and so when I actually got an opportunity to go to art school 
I was like, okay, this is actually great. Like I was a lot more committed to it. Right. Um, and so the first day of first day of orientation, I met Jessica, but at that point it was just like, you know, you sit around in a circle. Hi, my name is Clark Chow. I'm from Arcadia, California. Right. And, um, and we just became friends. We were just friends for the whole time. You know, she, uh, Jessica had mentioned that she, you know, has a young child. She moved down from the Bay area. And so I was just curious, about, you know, just curious about all of my, a lot of my classmates. Right. You know, Cause it was, it was really, really pretty a mixed bag of, of young and young people, you know, young and moderately young people. Right. Um, and so, you know, Jessica occasionally would bring Bella to school to class. Uh, and so we would just see this little munchkin kind of hanging out and she, she was terribly shy. Um, and then we just, so we became, became friends and it was only towards the very end of our time at art center that, you know, Jessica and I became like partners. Right. So that's one, my first instinct is to like give you a hug because it's very rare. I find that you meet a guy like, and I don't mean to generalize, but truly a guy who is willing to be a, a, you know, a figure in a kid's life, especially if it's not his, you know, air quote, biological child. But here you are, you're 22 years old. Most 22 year olds are like partying and freaking out. The last thing they even want to think about is a re- like the responsibility of a, of a child, let alone some, someone they're dating's child. So how did you, like, were there moments in that when you made the decision, like, hey, I really want to be with this person. I really, like, I feel this connection and she has this baby. Like, you know, like, what does your family say? Like, what does your friends say? Because I'm sure they said something. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, I think in the, in the kind of the three years, three, four years of kind of, of getting to know Jessica and Bella, and Jessica's ex-husband, um, I understood that they ultimately had the, the key ingredient to make this a very kind of um, uh, smooth relationship, as smooth as these relationships can go, is that um, Jessica and her ex-husband decided together that whatever decisions they made in their personal lives as adults, the overriding determining factor was, is this going to be in the best interest of Bella? Right. Right. So kind of, so I was seeing this, I was like, oh, so they're not, you know, it didn't seem like it was a really, um, at least to me at the time, of a rough relationship that she had with her ex-husband. And they understood that like, okay, if I'm going to take this job somewhere else, you know, how is that going to benefit our child? Right. So that's number one. So I was like, okay, so they, they figured that part out, which, you know, looking back and even in these last, you know, 15 years, you see that that is definitely not the case where the two separate, you know, the, the, the mom and the dad are really just like, they are not into each other. They are just willing to do anything just to kind of, wreck the other person's life yeah i mean it's very rare to see a copacetic relationship like that that, at least in my experience yeah and and so so that was number one 
Number two, yeah, my mom was a little bit like, you know, and it's like, so my mom is, you know, she's like a Chinese lady. She's got her Mahjong friends, right? right. <laughs> and they're just like, what, you know, and they would play Mahjong and, and my mom would tell me, she's like, yeah, so, you know, my friends are asking, you know, oh, what do you think about your son, you know, being with this woman that is, you know, a little bit, that's, she's a little bit older, has a child and credit to my mom she, as a, she is, she answered it, you know, I think she, she's come to terms with the fact that she's like, hey, listen, as long as the children, our children, as long as I was happy and healthy, I mean, that's all I can ask for. Right. You know, which is also, I feel like kind of rare. I know a lot of, I, I know a lot of Asian aunts and moms that are just like, you hear them talk about their kids and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that, you know, yeah. that's not my relationship with my mom. Right, right. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I wasn't with Jessica until I was, you know, 25, 26. And in that time, I think I had done enough of the fun stuff I guess mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is actually this was this is pretty great like you see this so you know I've seen her grow up basically since she was four years old and I was like man this is a kind of a neat little person yeah and um you know of course and it wasn't smooth all the way I think there was a, a moment when she was about eight years old yeah so like four years you know four she was like eight nine years old and you know, in the beginning, I, we made it, uh, as the, the adults, we made a very conscious effort to sort of, I would, I would leave, you know, I, I would be over at the house, I would have dinner, we'd watch movies, this and that, and then I would leave, or, you know, I would leave before Bella woke up, because Bella mm -hmm. used to do this thing when she was a kid, she would, she had her own room, and so she would get up in the morning, and then she would come into Jessica's room, and then get into the bed in the morning, of like course. a cuddle, right? Right. So, we made a conscious decision that like, okay, I'm not going to be in here when she comes in in the morning. Wow. Right. So it was like, so I would leave at like, you know, whatever, two, three, four, five in the morning. Mm -hmm. Right. And then one night we're just like, okay, let's just, let's just see what happens. Okay. And so she comes in, she opens the door and she just kind of stands there and it, you can see like the wheels are turning mm -hmm. and she's like doing the math. Right. She's like, fuck it. This is my mom. I'm getting in that bed. Yeah. Right. So she gets in and she gets in on the other side because, you know, where Jessica is. Yeah. And there was a period of, I want to say around five or six months where she was not having it. Like, I think she figured out, she was like, oh, my mom gives me, you know, 10 hugs and 10 kisses a day. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's just say. If, then she's, if, and she's like seeing, she's like, oh, mommy's giving Clark kisses and Clark hugs, right? Those are for me, is, right? Uh, right? So I am getting shafted. Like Bella's probably thinking like, this is terrible. Like I'm getting shafted, right? <laughs> I'm getting cheated out of my, my experience with my mom. Uh -huh. And it was like, she was not, she wouldn't listen. She was really kind of, we found really fantastically funny little like journal entries, like little sketches from uh -huh. like essentially an eight or nine-year-old where there's stick figure drawings of her and they, ha they had a cat named Tony and I was allerg allergic to Tony. And the drawing is her throwing Tony at my head. Oh my God. To, <laughs> to, to you know, give me allergies or whatever. 
That's amazing. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was, the, it was a really strange and kind of difficult time. But then literally one day she woke up and it was just like the switch was turned off. Right. And then everything was fine. Right. And then literally from that point on, it was, it's been great. Right. So why I find this so interesting is, and to be very honest with you, is I had like somewhat of a stepdad for about two years of my life mm -hmm. from six years old to eight years old. And he was incredibly abusive to my mom, mm -hmm. to me. And he kind of entered my life and it was almost as if he told me like, hey, I'm going to be the dad now. And, you know, similar to Bella, when you're six, seven, eight years old, it's like you're able to do that math. And I, being the person I guess I've always been, was just like, no, you don't get to just like be my dad. And you know what I'm saying? Like by him entering my life that way, I couldn't find the respect for him. And I remember this one time I asked him, I was like, can I call you dad? Because I was going through this time of my life where I was really realizing that I didn't have a father. I didn't know him. And, you know, all the kids at school had one and whatever else. And he said yes. And very shortly after that is when we had to, like, honestly, like, flee the situation because it got so bad. So it, it almost solidified my, you know, distaste and, and full on, like, distrust in men. Because here's this person that I'm just asked to be something that I don't know anything about. And then he like totally broke it while also like entering my life with this like aggression. So what I always found interesting about your situation and you just also like reiterated this is you guys have this like amazing just like understanding. And I know I've seen bits and bobs of you and Bella. I know Bella's like a full on adult now and like out of the yeah. house, but you guys have this like love for each other. And, and that's like the biggest thing that I find with these situations is it, it it's so rare to hear about your situation. Like usually stepdads, it's like, oh my fucking stepdad or oh my fucking stepmom or whatever. But it's almost as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bella truly feels like she has three parents. Yeah. And, yeah. and just how, how did you guys do that? Because it's just so outlandish to me because my situation was like, you know, I still have trauma because of this guy. Like if I saw him, I, I, it would take a lot for me to not like get violent. Let's put it that way. And I'm not that yeah. person anymore, but that's yeah. like my initial reaction. The, I think you brought up a really good point. I, in the very get-go, because I met Jessica and her ex-husband, I had a lot of respect for him. I, I still do have a lot of respect for him. Right. He, um, I, at, at no point in that, in even to this day, do I feel like I am a, like her father. Right. She has a dad, right? Right. So I never had the the inclination to uh, to feel like I was going to be her dad. Right. Um, I did really want to be an adult figure in her life. Right. And so I took that kind of uh, 
I took it very seriously. I was really nervous um, because one day I, uh, I had this habit of brushing my teeth at the end of the night in front of the TV. So I would brush my teeth for like five, 10 minutes, just like watching, you know, whatever ESPN or whatever. Right. <laughs> and this is around the same time, you know, she was around nine years old, I think eight, eight, nine years old. And I was, so I'm sitting there brushing my teeth and she came with her toothbrush and she sat down and she started brushing her teeth. And I was like, Whoa, we've never talked about this. I, you know, like none of like, there was no, uh, yeah, we never talked about this and except, you know, but then she just copied it. And at that point I was like, here's something really scary. You can tell kids, you can tell kids the sky is, you know, green, the sky is green, the sky is green, the sky is green. And then you turn around and you make a painting that the sky is, you know, purple or whatever. They're going to be like, Oh, the sky's purple. Right. It's, it's all just like that's what I just said doesn't make any sense. Um, but it, but it's all, it's, they are amazing at observing and mimicking your actions. It's so much more about, you know, they're going to do as you do and not as you say. Right. And that's the thing about, <clears throat> again, I don't mean to just like keep applauding you, but mm. for a person to walk into a child's life, and fully understand the responsibility that that is. Because like you just said, children are so malleable. Like yeah. I even see it with my, my daughter, Maxime. She's 10 months old and she mm -hmm. does things because I do them. She does things yeah. because her mom does them. Like she already has like these little habits and you know, little things that are her own and she's 10 months old. Yep. So, the responsibility that you you took on at like such an early age. I know you're like, yeah, I was 25. It's like, no, dude, like 25 is still like really young. Like when I was 25, I was still fully like a crazy, crazy person, right? And I just think that's really amazing because the other side of that is I am also a dad. You know, my daughter is biologically my daughter. And I've thought about this sometimes. I've thought about like, okay, you know, what if it doesn't work out with Juliet and I romantically? What, what if it doesn't? And what would I do if she met someone else that she truly loves, that she wants her in her life? Like, what would I do if Maxime ended up living with Juliet and some other guy half of her life? I think about it. And, and honestly, my first reaction is not good. Hey. not. Because right. of that fact, though, that like what you just said, I think is such an amazing moment, like you guys brushing your teeth in front of the TV together. But like as a dad, I'm like, I don't want my kid doing that with someone else. No way. Right. But that's also a, a, an issue, isn't it? Because I think kids who come from, you know, I hate, I hate this term, but they say like broken homes, divorce, mm -hmm. you don't have a parent, whatever it might be there's such a void in their, you know, let's just call it like their spirit because eventually, because they are so smart, because people don't give kids like that yep. credit. They're so yeah. smart. Yep. They feel this void. And like, I think 
it's kind of amazing that in a lot of ways, like you feel that. And have you and her dad, uh, Jessica's ex-husband, have you have you guys discussed this at length? Like, how was that initial react? Like, what did he say to you? Like, how was that for you? How was that for him? I mean, for me, if I was you, I would have been scared shitless. But also, if I was him, I would have been trying to be intimidating, right? <laughs> right. It's, I, I can't remember if we actually ever had a conversation about it. I think, um, you know, I imagine Jessica probably talked with her ex-husband about me to a certain extent. And maybe, you know, it's like, oh, don't worry, Clark's super harmless, right? Like he's, right. he's not a creep. He's not mean. He's not abusive. And, and I think I saw my sort of relationship in their family, like, hey, I am legitimately the outsider. These right. are three people that have this relationship, this bond already. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to go in there and fucking, you know, and like, you know, flip it, you know, flip the tables on, you know what I mean? I'm going to be as sort of uh, accommodating as possible, you know, and ultimately Bella is their child. Right. Right. They have, they set the rules uh, of, you know, how the time, you know, spent vice versa, you know, with the mom and the dad. Um, and so I think I really, you know, and I was just really respectful of, of Jessica's ex-husband. Like he's, he, he's a, he's a great guy. You know, yeah. it's, it's like this, their, Jessica and his relationship was what kind of deteriorated and it didn't really have anything to do with me and their love for, for Bella, you know, is still like, she's their daughter. Yeah. And now, you know, and now Bella has, you know, uh, her, Jessica's ex-husband is remarried, has two young boys of his own with his oh, wow. wife. So, you know, <clears throat> it's interesting to me that the idea of the, the, you know, the broken family, to me, I look at this, and I, I know it's, it's probably, it's not that, uh, that common. I, I feel like Bella's experience was actually, has actually gotten very, very full. Right. Because it's like, oh, all of a sudden you have more parents, you're doing, you're doing, you're just exposed to so much more stuff. And, you know, we're, we're lucky. Like Bella's a great kid. Cause I, I can see how some kids could, you know, she had the same, Bella had the same like six month period with her dad when she found out that he had a girlfriend right. and then, and then when she, when Bella found out that like, Oh, you know, Bella, you're going to have a baby brother. She was not having it really? you know, for, for, for a little, for that little bit of time. Right. It's yeah. like, and then again, it's just like, then one day she woke up and everything was fine. Right. And, um, and this is also what interests me. So obviously, Bella has her relationship with her mom. She has her relationship with her dad. But what is your guys' relationship? Because I know just from knowing you for a long time, but you guys are really close. Yeah. So have you found, walk me through the last 15 years a bit, because I think it was really amazing the, the brushing your teeth moment. But how has that like transpired into her now being an adult? Like, are there times where she's like, I'm only talking to Clark? Like, I don't want to talk to you guys. You know what I mean? 
I feel like that had happened. So, uh, <clears throat> so the brushing of teeth was elementary school. And then in middle school, uh, we moved to Highland Park where we're at now. And she had, she went to um, uh, a, a, a small private school in Los Feliz for middle school. And I found that time to be fantastic in that I would drive her to school right, or pick her up. And it's those windows of that half hour where it's like kind of a captive audience, right? Yeah. And you can just sort of talk to them and listen to them and hear what they're thinking about things and things that are happening in their lives. So those were our moments like in, in middle school. And then in high school, what we ended up doing a bunch was I would have um, like ice cream and boba nights. So after dinner, Belle and I, and Jessica would be at home, Belle and I would just go out and we'd go and try to find like our new favorite soft serve place, or we'd go to a different boba spot and grab boba drinks. And it was just sort of, you know, hanging out and like talking and shooting the shit. And it was a lot of me kind of, you know, knowing that I'm not her dad and not trying to be her dad. I'm just trying to be someone that she can talk to that will listen to her. And yeah. And I think it made it easier for me because it's like, I don't, I'm not trying to be her dad. And I just want to be, I'm trying to be supportive of her and giving her someone to talk to that wasn't her actual parent. Right. Was probably helpful. Um, and then, yeah. And ultimately it's, it's crazy because at, so by her senior year in high school, she was um, getting, you know, getting ready to go to school, go to college, go away. And I was going through the archive and just kind of, you know, organizing images. And I got really sad. I got really bummed. Yeah. And, she, you know, I was super bummed. I was like, as, just, as, just when you're getting like really kind of fleshed out as your own person, right? You have your own ideas. You got your own uh way of thinking about things of talking about things just when you're getting super interesting you're gonna leave right <laughs> right <laughs> and I was really I was really really bummed and then she said to me she's like you know you know and I'm, I'm paraphrasing she's like you know we're gonna get old we're gonna get we're gonna grow up together it's not like I am gonna stay this 18 year old person or that you're gonna stay and then you're going to get old or vice versa. Like we're going to do, we're, we're all going to grow old, you know, together. Like this is happening. And I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's true. I mean, I was, you know, not in, I was just like really sad and it was really kind of um, reassuring. Like, Hey, we're, we're like, I'm not leaving you behind. We're not, you know, uh, you know, severing some crazy tie. Like this is just, you know, we're in this together. Wow. And I thought that was, that was great. She sounds like a super cool kid. She is. She is. I think the, the thing that we're really lucky is she um, is very empathetic. Yeah. Like super empathetic and just a very kind person. That's amazing. Which, which I never, I mean, it's weird. I never really, cons- <laughs> I never really considered that in people that I knew. 
You know, it's like your friends, like, oh, you just want them to be fun or like hardworking or smart, or there's the you know the goofy one, or there's the one that parties really hard or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, oh wow, like the kindness and the empathy is huge. Yeah. The the one thing I just want to go back a little bit. What mm-hmm. you just said, it, it honestly, uh, it kind of makes me tear up because I feel personally incredibly lucky and. And um, I'm incredibly grateful because I had a couple mentors growing up. Um, I had a big brother through the big brother program. And then I also had another big brother that was like my neighbor. And to this day, like I called them my brothers. And I, I truly think that if it wasn't for them, the my life would have been a lot different because, you know, I had these guys who were older than me who weren't from Hollywood they weren't from LA they didn't go to Fairfax like they didn't exist in the world that I existed in and they were really adamant about showing me the world whether it was like taking me surfing or bringing me to New York or like doing things to just get me out of you know the neighborhood and get me out of the you know, influence of the kids I was around. And I seriously, now that I'm a dad and, you know, I'm 31 years old and I can look back, I I just like, wow, if I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be because a lot of those kids I grew up with, they're, they're nowhere and they didn't have that. And I think you should really go to sleep at night sometimes. And I know this is probably like hard for you because you are such a nice guy, but like, give yourself some credit because that goes a long way for kids, especially kids who have maybe a confusing home. Let's call it a confusing home. Maybe, you know, kids that don't have that nuclear family, like, man, even getting picked up from school. Like, I remember just when anyone would pick me up from school, I was just so happy because I didn't have to like take the bus. I didn't have to walk home. Like, I didn't have to deal with like maybe running into people that aren't, it's not going to be a good time. You know, like it, it, that safety, it was just like, it felt so safe to just get like picked up from school. And you, you know, you gave that to a kid and you didn't have to. And I think that's really amazing. And I just wanted to say that. Thanks. There was a great, a funny story about picking Bella up from middle school. Uh, So man, that was middle school is, you know, about 10 years ago right mm-hmm. so at, at that point I was I I'm I wear a lot of baseball caps you know I was wearing like Jordans and shorts just you know regular big t-shirt or whatever and I picked her up from school and I, I parked the car and I walk across the field and I see her standing there talking to one of the teachers mm-hmm. and they just both start cracking up so I was like okay I'm like hey you know hi Mrs. I, you know what I don't remember the teacher's name mm-hmm. and so we start walking to the car and I was I asked Bella I was like you know, what are you guys laughing about? And she, she was like, oh, my teacher asked if uh, you were my brother coming to pick me up. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, yeah, that's pretty funny. And it, it's sort of like knowing those, like hearing that and experiencing those sort of things also puts you in sort of like a place where like, okay, you know, you don't, I mean, this is me talking to me, like you don't have to take it so seriously because other people aren't expecting you to be this like big grand character in her life, right? Like, and 
And so I think because I didn't put this like, oh my God, I have to be this like kind of perfect adult figure in her life. Like right. I'm, I'm really goofy. I, you know, uh, I think it takes the, the, the levity, it lifts it a little bit. It makes it a little bit more fun. And I think maybe with that, she saw that she could be a little bit more open and sharing because it wasn't like I was going to be angry or punish her or, right. you know, I was going to take it with just the same sort of lightness. That's, that's amazing. The, the other thing I've been, I've been quite curious about, cause you have like a two factor uniqueness to your whole situation. The other thing is you work with your wife and yeah. you have for years. Yeah. You guys. Okay. So you have a kid you work together, you own a home together, you also have a dog. And I always throw in the dog because dogs are a lot of work too. And people need mm -hmm. to realize this. So now though, you guys, you, okay, we have all this stuff. It's been 15 plus years. Okay, that's, that's good. Now Bella's leaving. She's going to college. She's becoming an adult. You just said you were bummed, but also, you know, it's not just about you. It's about her mom too. Yeah. So now also, you guys are empty nesters. So what is, how has that kind of shifted your marriage? Because now all of a sudden you don't have little kid at home. You don't have, you know, whatever it was, bath time or boba night or whatever. Like, and then also, you know, let's not forget, you guys kind of went through this and then there was also the pandemic. So you're going through empty nesting, being stuck at home. I'm sure like work stuff got weird. There's a lot of newness in your situation right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but how has that been for you guys just as partners? So the pandemic, I think we <clears throat> relationship wise, we are very fortunate because we do and we have spent all of our time together for 15 years yeah right so all of this like at home <clears throat> together time with jessica and i yeah it's just sort of like this is just our this is just our life yes day to day that day to day that a hundred percent saved us from all of the other things that you hear i'm sure you know we've had friends that had splits this and that because it's like oh we already know how do you spend five hours of your day doing God knows what, or this is what she's talking about me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like I already know how you waste five hours of your day. Um, it's not going to bother me right, right anymore. And so that has definitely helped us through this pandemic time. Um, but the empty nester thing, it's, it's, it's wild. Like I remember when, we, when she had first left, it, we, you know, we were still, doing things whereas I feel like the idea of an empty nester generally is for parents that are older mm. and they're kind of like I don't yeah it's like we can now do we can now do we can still do a bunch of the stuff that we literally did when we were in our 20s and 30s right whether or not we wanted to that's a that's a whole separate story right but right. it's like we can whereas you know if you're 65 you're, if you're yeah, if you're 65 and you're an empty nester I don't really know if you want to do stuff that you, you did when you were 30, 35 years old, sure. you know, maybe. Yeah. And so we kind of, we, we got, we enjoyed it a little while and then we're like, Oh, okay, this is cool. Like, you know, dinners could be 
uh, sort of at whenever we want now. Like we, if we wanted to eat at yeah. five, we could eat at five. If we want to eat at nine, we could eat at nine. Yeah. Right. Like those little things. That's cool. Um, I mean, that's such a cool perspective. Yeah, it, it's it's fun, but it's also really great to have you know to have her come home every so often, yeah. and or we go out there and visit and um, yeah. And seeing the trans, seeing how she has changed, even just from like summer to summer, it is is wild as well. And as much as you know, we are talking about our impact on, you know, on the child on Bella, or you know, your your impact on your child. I think it's equally equally impactful, like their change to, for us, like how we change. Like, I, I know that my life is way more fulfilled and way more uh, meaningful just having her in my life, wow. right? her and her mom. Yeah. You know, it's, I, there's no doubt that the, their impact on me is greater than my impact on them. So the other thing that I, I see almost myself in you, like you being further along in it than I am, but how old are you, Clark, if you don't mind me asking? I am 42. Okay, so you're 42. Okay, this is this is great. So you're kind of still at that age where a lot of your friends are probably like just having kids or like their kids are like five, let's yeah. say. So you're yeah. kind of like <clears throat> in a weird age group because you're like already done. Like you're yeah. like, oh, like my kid's out of the house. Like I'm having fun with my wife. Like I'm you know, doing whatever five hours a day. Like, <laughs> right. So how is that? Because I, it's not, it's, it must be, it's not like, I hate to use the word weird, but it's kind of like interesting because it's like, usually where people are, when like people get to like where you're at, they're like almost going to be like grandparents or something, but you're like, you're like super young. You're 42 years old. And I know Jessica isn't like crazy old either. Like not that no. she's old at all, but I know she, yeah. she said she's, older she's a, a few years. Yeah. She's a few years older. But yeah. Like you guys are like pretty young and especially in Los Angeles, like a lot of what Juliet and I get is like, Oh my God, you guys are such young parents. And I'm like, dude, I'm 31. Like, that's not like that young, but you know, in LA, in the society that we live in, that's super young. Like most people yeah. here don't have kids at all, or they have kids at like 42 or 40. And so mm -hmm. what's that like with like your buddies or something when you're like, oh, dude, like Bella's like, I don't know, she just sent me a photo of like something at school. Like how's, yeah. you know, <laughs> little one? <laughs> we, so, so I have, because I went to college twice. And I didn't really, you know, do a whole lot of moving around. I have friends from childhood, from elementary school, middle school, high school, college, first time that are still around. They're the ones that have uh, gotten married. They're the ones with the five-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old. Yeah. And they, those friends of mine, they all kind of got married and had kids around the same, like plus or minus three years. Yeah. I realized I don't see them as much. It's like when they get together, they, it's literally like a bunch of little kids running around, yeah. right? In the beginning, it was great, like when they were like little, little, because you don't, you, you don't, it's, yeah, it's not as much of like a madhouse, right? right. And then now I, I rarely, I rarely see them, you know, so we'll text and have phone calls and things like that. Um, and then the art school friends, 
that there's still a group of friends that are, you know, not married and are still single. And there are other half of those art school friends that have also very recently had kids. So they have like one, two, three-year-olds. Right, like babies. And I'm all, yeah. And I'm also seeing that they are also spending a lot of time together, just like my buddies were when they, you know, had kids. And so it's, it's weird because you start seeing like, oh, you start seeing the time spent with your friends start to get a little bit, the, the, the gaps get wider and wider. Well, you're also kind of in the middle of this now because you, like, yeah. you don't have a baby. You don't have a, a little kid. You have a big kid. So it's like, yep. you're like, hey, I have like all, t- all the time in the world. <laughs> you know? Totally. Like I can totally. do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. That's interesting. I think it's cool though that you guys are all still friends because um, again, I feel like I'm the, the sad boy of this conversation, which is fine. Um, but you know, for me, it's really weird because I am in a place where I'm at an age where either people are starting to kind of establish their career or wanting to. I'm also in a place where like the only places I've lived are LA and New York where, you know, having a family is like usually not a priority for most people because it's a hard, they're hard places to live. And you need to make money and you need to hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm also part of a generation, unfortunately, that is like, in my experience, what I've seen is like kind of terrified of commitment. So, you know, I'm a weirdo. It's like, I'm married. My wife is 27 years old. Like we have a 10 month old baby. Like I live in like a cool place. Like I don't leave the house much. I have a fucking podcast, you know, like, I'm in like my own little insular world and I've, I've found that I've actually, there's days where I'm really sad because I'm just like, man, I don't really have any friends anymore. Now, some of those friends are good that I don't have, but (laughs) Uh kind of weird because, you know, I'm starting to make friends with kids, which is really nice. But like, like you just said, it's, it's not really like, bro, what's, what's, going on it's more just like oh did you hear what Maxime did like it's just about our kids which is great but there's you know it 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 was a struggle for me to find camaraderie for a long like most of the pregnancy and Maxime's life and then also to what you said it's like we were doing this through a pandemic and we're not people that like sit at home all day like that's not our natural kind of state I've really become that and have like really enjoyed becoming that person but you know it's just been really weird like not seeing our friends and then also kind of like losing my friends Mm. you know so I love hearing your perspective where you're just like yeah there's like gaps in how we talk but you know we're still friends like it 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 gives me hope (laughs) yeah I think it totally is I think the the relationships that I have with the the friends that I've made through these years is um it's we can not talk for a while and just kind of pick up mm-hmm. which i think is which is very fortunate um and then you know and like like relationships in general like some will just kind of fall off a little bit and that's the that run that that'll run it's like relationships some relationships run its course like that right yeah um and um you know that's totally normal yeah uh but finding finding a like a support not a support group but finding 
you know, friends that are in a similar situation, that is, I think that that is, will be really helpful. Just, you know, uh, I agree. yeah, yeah, I agree. And yeah, like most of my friends when, when I first, you know, we first got together and, you know, they, they heard about Bella and this and that, they were just like, their minds were kind of like blown away. Yeah. You know, it was just like, whoa, this is wild. Right. And like, I was like, yeah, but it's really, it's really nice. It's really fun. And it's like, they're great people, you know? Yeah. Um, God, man, you are, you're a lucky guy. I'm like so inspired I, by your life. I am really lucky, for sure. I live a charmed life. But you deserve it. <clears throat> the, the last question I have, and I, I kind of, I, I try to end all of these with this. And I think asking you this is just kind of fun for me. But did you always want to be a dad? Did you think you'd be a dad? No, I, this is, um, I, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, I grew up, so my parents were technically married, mm-hmm. but I never really lived with my dad. He always worked elsewhere. Oh, wow. So I, I only lived with him that I can remember like in first grade. When oh, we, when, wow. So like right before we moved to California from Taiwan, it, uh, my mom, my sister and I, I was five years old. So we moved to California. She found a place. We moved in and then my dad came and like lived with us for a year to, you know, work a job. And then that didn't pan out. So then he went back to Asia. Oh, whoa. And so I saw things like I understood how certain relationships went and I sort of understood how, you know, things that I wanted to do and things that I didn't want to do. And I didn't learn those things until I was maybe, you know, uh, around 18, 19, when I started visiting my dad in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, all of these things, it was exactly one of those things where he was, he would come, so we would see him about three to four times a year right. uh, growing up for two weeks at a time. Holidays, et cetera. Yep. And he would, he would, you know, very much like bring his work home. It was, you know, high stress. And he was very much kind of like a, a little, a little dictator and we would all be really scared you know oh dad's coming home for two weeks oh my god we've got to like clean the house up and all this kind of stuff yeah and and then when i was 18 i went to go visit him and i was like oh you used to tell us all these things but then you do the this other thing right and i was like oh i don't have to take what you say so seriously anymore yeah <laughs> you know you realize and, your, your parents are human beings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. And so I, you know, so growing up, I never wanted to be a, a I never thought about being a parent because I was like, man, it's, 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 it's scary and it's rough. And, you know, and I think the thing that I think about a lot is like children don't choose to be children. Like they don't choose to be, you know, it's like we as a parent choose to be parents. So I think it's a responsibility that is, that is entirely sort of like on our shoulders. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, for someone who didn't want that or think it would happen to them, I think you definitely hit a home run, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Clark. It was such a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Like seriously, this was amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I hope to see you soon. Cause like what we just yeah. talked about, you and I need to start hanging out more. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Will do. Let's do it. All right, man. Have a good one. Yep. Take care.